Um, I just hit record. I actually was going to text you. This whole toast phenomenon is quite something. (laughs) (laughs) For those who have not been following the toaster saga, I brought a toaster into Howard's world. And uh, all of a sudden, it's revolutionized. Uh, yeah. Some somehow before his toaster aversion has changed into, uh, hey, I like a, a good piece of toast. Well, for all the time I was, I like Randy, ex-wife Randy, didn't eat bread, so we didn't really have a lot of bread in the house. Ex-girlfriend Rachel did like bread, but we only had bread on the weekends, so I used to broil it, and I just didn't have a toaster, which was a bone of contention, Fred. For the Dan Man. A bone of uh, contention or just a <laughs> case of uh, deep bewilderment? Because why wouldn't you have a toaster? Well, I just explain why I wouldn't. Because I didn't. Well, that, eat, I, I don't didn't... think that's good enough, actually. Well, that's your opinion. Oh, th- am I not entitled to my opinion? <laughs> well, yeah, but that doesn't make it right. It's just your opinion. I didn't say it was right. I said deep bewilderment. That's wondering. <laughs> That's thinking like in 2023, why wouldn't a guy have a toaster? Even if he doesn't use it a lot, it's it's just the thing that people have. That's all. No, you mean it's an appliance a person in 2023 should have. Well, the well, truth be told, I did have a toaster at one time. The last toaster I had made pictures of Jesus's face on toast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. The, G- the, the Jesus toast face or whatever it was called, the Jesus face toast was quite something and a, and a bit of a talking point. <laughs> like you can get a decent toaster for like 25, 30 bucks. So why wouldn't you just have one? Yeah. For the sake of having one. That's well, that, that's a good point. But the, the way I made toast on the occasions that I would need toast was in the oven, which is just as easy. Oh, is it? Yeah. It's just as easy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, okay. the, uh, the odd Let's time. Review. The so, odd... <laughs> toaster, two pieces in yeah. slot, put down. Oven, turn, turn oven on. on. Broil. Set yeah. broil on. Yeah. Now, get sheet. Put bread on. Yeah. Make sure it doesn't burn. Flip over. Make sure it doesn't you don't burn. Have to fl- yes, you don't have to yeah, flip it over. Easy. You don't have it's to flip easy. it over. You just, you just toast it on one side. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's just as easy. You know, I was as I was making that ridiculous argument, I just recalled... <laughs> <laughs> I recall how many times I burnt the toast, like literally three yeah. quarters of the time. And and so. anyway, Dan brought in this toaster. And of course, it's a Dan Duran model because not only is it toast, you can take toast and bread, I should say, frozen and insert it into these slots. And it just you hit the frost and it toasts from frozen. It's got a defrost function, which is very nice. Yeah. Really? Well, mm-hmm. I've yeah. never had a toaster with defrost function, but I always put frozen bread in. It just toasts. It melts and toasts. So that's... Uh, well, aren't you fancy? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's just one of those features that sucks people in. Hey, Dan, did you get it at a uh, garage sale, the toaster? <laughs> <laughs> no, I got it on sale, though. No, Dan oh, gets... Okay. Yeah, Dan, to bring you up to date, Dan shops in two places. Garage sale, Costco. <laughs> That's it. That's, my, that's all I need. Yeah. It was on offer at Costco. Uh, uh, I think so. Yeah, it may have been. Mm. At, it may have been. I can't. I, I don't totally remember where I got it. Yeah. Didn't you get it recently? Well, a couple. You know, before when you guys went to uh, when you left town. So In that short a period, you don't remember where you bought the toast. I could look it up. I well, then, no, wait a second. Stuff. Hang on a second. Right. So, in the last three months. Since January 28th to now, your recall of where that fancy toaster came from is a blank now. You're drawing a blank. 
It is, because I've been at a lot of different stores lately buying, you know, construction supplies and things, mm, and okay. I've been in a lot of different spots, and I just can't remember uh, where. That's something I wouldn't forget within three months. <laughs> but then again, yeah. Oh, well, you don't have as many things to think about in a day, Stan Duranda. Well, if you asked me true. more about my toilet paper, yeah. I'd say Costco, because I only buy toilet paper at Costco. Mm. But it's possible you could have bought it at Sobeys or somewhere else, right? Well, I'm surprised you're still using toilet paper, given your concern about the environment. I thought you would have come up with something different by now. What? That's me. Well, on for, on light uh, eliminations, he just rubs his ass on the carpet like a dog. He just, <laughs> he just. I see him. I'm like, what are you doing? Because I'm trying to conserve the planet. Mm. Hey, did you yeah. see your man Suzuki retired? I did. He did. He had his last uh, nature thing show or something. Yeah, I don't know. Is he actually retired? Sure. Like, like, well, the show the show's still on, but he's uh, he's shutting her down after forty four seasons. Well, I know there's some people out there that do not like him. So I'm sure it's quite a run. Happy. Was he ever yeah, on our okay. show, Freddie? We had him on the show, didn't we? Uh yeah. I I hear he wanted to work until he could afford a new plane, but. <laughs> really? Well, well, that was predictable. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, listen, yeah, I'm, not, I'm not a big fan. But, yeah, and the yeah. guy had a good run, 44 years on television. Oh, as a broadcaster? Yeah, yeah, Jeez. as a broadcaster. That's a big run. That's a good run. It's uh, close to our run. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't think I've ever seen an episode of The Nature of Things. I'm sure what? you have. No, I, I mean, maybe I did, Dan. Listen, you can't remember if you brought a, bought a toaster last week. <laughs> 44, 44 yeah. seasons? You didn't watch one episode? Maybe, but not, I don't it was recall on when it. the Beachcombers were on, wasn't it? Yeah, well, that's why I didn't watch the Beachcombers either. <laughs> oh, wow. Kind of Canadian of you. I know, terrible. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. How about you, Fred? Did you ever see an episode of The Nature uh, of Things? Yeah, a few over the years. No. Um, yeah. And to his credit, you know, he was one of the first guys to make the environment a thing. I get it. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, turned it into a huge business, but which is fine. You know, we all got to do what we got to do. That's all. Well, what we've got to do is start the show. Mm-hmm. This episode of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from the well-equipped Humble and Fred Studios in Toronto, from our Brampton subterranean facility, and from Lisa's dining room table in Peterborough. And is brought to you by Bodog, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Aaron Ventures, evnet.ca, and GoDaddy. And now here are two men who spent the weekend driving around looking for the empty tomb of Jesus, but even Waze couldn't find it. It's the 13th and 14th Disciples of Gord, Humble and Fred. Thank you, Dan Duran. Did, um, I didn't watch uh, the news. Did uh, Jesus see his shadow? <laughs> Come on. Come on. Did he see his shadow, Dan? Strange that uh, first book of the, you know, the the original Bible, the Bible, as uh, we call it. Genesis, you're talking about? The Old Testament. Yeah. You know, which was filled with all kinds of God stuff and, you know, all these stories and Moses and the Israelites. You think that entire book, that entire Bible, the Old Testament, not once in that book does God mention anything about the coming of the Lord Jesus. How is that possible, Dan Duran? 
I haven't followed the. Uh, All right. I mean, the, the Torah was the Torah is, is what the first five books of the Bible, basically. It's the Bible, Dan. Um, <laughs> it's the Bible didn't mention it. I don't the know. Bible, There's lots the of inconsistencies. How does it not I mean, mention you know, the Holy Book? Like, That's you know, right. Here's here's one of the things that I never understood. So there's there's Adam and Eve, right? Yeah, they got created <laughs> Adam that and from the from the whole Fred. <laughs> that happened. Okay. That happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, yeah, that makes the bleachers, sense. That's yeah. exactly yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. So there's there's uh, Adam and Eve go home. Adam and Eve and they 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 go home and they ha- in the you know garden or whatever you send me and then, yep. and then they uh, whatever that the you know the paradise garden is mm-hmm. and then um, they uh, they have a couple of kids Cain and Abel mm-hmm. and, uh, and Michael Cain uh, <laughs> yeah and Michael Cain gets kicked out because what he did something he killed his brother or something sure. I don't remember what it was this is bad news. But he goes to join. Then he became the, disabled. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Caine and disabled. That's right. That was the first. Right, right. Uh, this story is really. He was. He had well. the first anyway. wheel trans parking lot. <laughs> Park spot. So he gets he gets sent out into the, into the world. Yeah, and uh, and he hangs out with the the people of uh, I want to forget it was. There's a name of it. It, it sounded like a tribe that sure people, uh, nod or something like that. Okay. Well, where did they come from? Because it, you know, it was only Adam and Eve in the Bible. The narrative somehow gets lost. Where did all these other people come from? Well, you don't ask those questions, Dan. It puts people on the there's, spot. There's inconsistencies in the Bible yeah. that need to be uh, dealt oh, with. Really? <laughs> yeah. Well, this was the uh, the holy day uh, yesterday. Jesus, uh, Easter, the, all of it. So uh, I yeah. hope you had a nice Easter. Hey, well, that's a bit of a book review. Um, can I do one right now? Yeah. A book review. Yeah, only because it, I thought of you, Howard, oh, while yeah. I was reading this book this weekend. I sat, you know, by the front window, the warm sunshine, and I get into this book. Kevin Donovan wrote The Billionaire Murderers, right? Yeah, of course we've had him on many times. That's right. In fact, this book he actually signed. I just saw it laying there, and then something made me think, and I, I just looked at the back cover to read, you know, the, sort of the synopsis of it, and then I got into it, and it was fascinating. Written in 2019 is when he gave it to us, and really, it still hasn't been solved, so the book holds up because it sort of explains the whole Barry and Honey Sherman thing, the, you know, the family and the cousins that sued them, his crazy relationship with uh, Frank D'Angelo, which is, he actually gave Frank D'Angelo, some people estimate, $200 million for all his wacky little ventures by the way speaking of just jumping in frank d'angelo running for mayor oh is he really oh, is he really yeah oh, so wow. is so is chris sky yeah i know i'd like to see but the anyway, two of them debate <clears throat> anyways go barry, back to the book Bear, barry sherman much like you was a jewish man but an atheist ah and he used to put up with all the sort of jew ceremony stuff yeah jew ceremonies Okay, whatever you call it. <laughs> like, religious. You mean like the religious. Oscars and the Golden Globes? Those Jew ceremonies. <laughs> the religious sort of stuff, you yes. know, to keep the peace in the family. Or he would just go through the motions. Yeah. But he was a staunch atheist and much like you would always question the existence and how none of it really made sense. And I thought, oh, that's just like my boy Howie. Of course, Howie doesn't have like $8 billion, but... Um, he thought like Barry uh, Sherman when it came to uh, religion. Uh, but it, it, you've probably got a copy of that book. Read it. It's pretty, 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 pretty,
I read the whole thing. Come on. Oh, wow. Good for you. Yeah. Well, I couldn't I couldn't put it down, and I got I should send Kevin a note four years after the fact. <laughs> That's right. Thanks for the book. I got, but the the thing which which makes it stand up. If those murders had been solved, maybe I wouldn't have been as into the book as I am, because you finish it and go like, "Wow, we're still where we were four years ago." But anyway, I'm sorry. Did you what? find that frustrating? Uh, I, I don't care enough. You know, um, it'd be nice to know, but there's all sorts of crazy characters lurking around, right? That you learn about, but you can't really pin it on anyone. But the Frank D'Angelo was crazy. Like, you know, the Barry Sherman, he'd come up with an idea for a movie and Barry would give him the money. And, you know, the the brewery, it was Barry Sherman money that bankrolled all that. And, Dan, you were going to say something? Yeah. I'm sorry. Oh, I forgot. Okay. Uh, oh, well, of course. Uh, well, he, I think he, had a, Did, uh, he has a podcast <laughs> about all that. Kevin That's Donovan? I believe so. Um, do you think uh, you, you know Kevin Donovan, who's been on our program many times, is yes. uh, one of the preeminent investigative reporters and a very good writer? Maybe we should get him to see if he could solve the "Where the Dan Got the Toaster" mystery. <laughs> 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 you know, that'll be his next book: the Dan you Duran Toaster <laughs> Mysteries. <laughs> he is a he is a very good writer. Oh, yeah. Because I, I thought of that while I was reading the book. I thought, this is a really good, smooth, interesting read. Like, at no point was it sort of mundane. It was just very, very interesting. Well, I'm sure, him Kevin. Meet, him meeting with people in diners and stuff and getting information and not being able to name some of the sources and stuff. It's rather intriguing. Well, we should talk to Boone to see if we can get Kevin back on the show for an update. It's a pretty interesting story still four years later. And I'm then sure to uh, to let him know that after all the years, you know, he's been on our show. Uh, we now have acknowledged he's a very good writer. In fact, the guy that got Kevin, the, the, the hookup for me with Kevin was at my house yesterday, my boy Fraser. Right. And I, I had met Kevin and his wife at like a grown-up, you know, couple's dinner party years ago. And, uh, you know, he's always been kind to us. And when during that Rob Ford stuff, he used to come on all the time. Yeah. <clears throat> but uh, Barry sure. You know, he drove a a 10-year-old Mustang GT with rust on it and a radio that didn't work. Sort of an eccentric type guy, but would give money to anybody who wanted it. And his wife, Honey, drove like an 8- or 9-year-old Lexus SUV that would break down all the time, and she just wouldn't go buy a new one. She would have it repaired, and there was all these quirky, weird things. Um, But they they wouldn't hesitate philanthropy like they wouldn't hesitate to to throw it around and we're talking they we're talking staggering wealth eh? yeah it's funny how sometimes you know there's there's sort of two types of rich people i'm sure there's more than two but you know people that are very that are affluent but don't flaunt it and then some that are maybe not as affluent and you know are, are renting uh, jets Oh yeah, they would always fly like economy. They would. There would be a Apotex. That was his generic drug company. They would do junkets, and office staff would sit in first class, and he'd sit in uh, economy because he just wanted to send a message or something, whatever it was. But wow. 
There's also a story about Honey. She went to Florida or something with friends once and left a restaurant and left a scarf. So she actually went back to the restaurant. She was obsessed with getting the scarf back. So her friends are thinking, oh, it must be some Louis Vuitton or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Hermes or something, yeah. It, it turned out she had bought it at Old Navy. but just <laughs> Seriously, but just love that scarf. And it, yeah, just... Uh, Take the time, do some reading. Okay, uh, really Kevin did a that. great job with the book. I'm, I'm giving a book review four years after. <laughs> I was going to say, Kevin will be <laughs> happy to hear that. Fred Patterson gives a 2019 book, okay, his highest. I love the fact, by the way, forget that. My, my favorite part of this whole thing is that you did, you just sat and read. Yes. You know, it's. The last time I did it was that book about the uh, sinking of the Lusitania. Back in uh, the winter, where I sat and read a book, like yeah. in an actual book form, not on my phone, which I've done a lot. There's something I want to hear your experience about that because it really is something different. I know we sound nostalgic for the old days, but there is something about holding the actual book in your hands. Yeah, I love it. As I said, I sat in the same chair with the sun streaming in on me, and it was just a good read. Like, Books have to pull me in really quick. When I was a kid, I just ate books up. But again, there was television, um, all the obvious things. Television wasn't the way it is now. And, you know, the only time there was stuff on for a kid was Saturdays. And But I used to eat books, man. I love them. And then um, got away from it. But again, if a book pulls me in quick, I just love the headspace it puts you in. Mm-hmm. There's nothing like... A well-written book, and, and, you know, the, and the, the act, the, the act of physically, like you know, I've yes. got uh, on my uh, Kindle, which is now originally it was a device, but is now an app on my phone. You know, I've got a few. Oh my god, you know, I don't know, a couple dozen books that I've read in the last couple of years on my phone. But the first and only book I've read in my hands was that book that our buddy Bill Hertz gave me in, uh, in November, and I finally got to it in the middle of the winter. And yeah. Dan, I know this is going to be a tough question. Besides the Bible, <laughs> <laughs> besides the Bible, which is a great read, uh, a little bit inconsistent, but do you recall, and again, I'm put you on the spot, you can just say no comment, but do you recall the last book you physically held in your hands and read? Yeah. I think so. A few, uh, a couple of years ago, Beaver Hunt. A couple of years, yeah, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> it was a, it was a book. Okay, it was like one it of those was Beaver library. Hunt the book. <laughs> the, the, I used to. It love was it. one of those. One of those. Uh, the hard to cover. Yeah. Ah. I'm sorry, Dan. Please answer. I'm sorry. The, the, the immature grandpa immaturity level. I'm yeah, trying yeah. to uh, conduct an interview with Dan Duran Anchorman. Yeah. What was it? It came out of what? It came out of one of those little libraries that are on the street. You know those little things where they're the sure. people are exchanging books all yeah, the time. Neighborhood leave libraries book, love leave, those. Leave a book, take a book. Love yeah. those. Took, that's what I did exactly. I left a couple of books that I found and I read. It was a, a book about the Second World War and air, mm. aircraft carriers. Nice. So that was that was the last one I read. Um, <clears throat> last book I read unreli- was uh, Dan Duran's Toaster Manual. It was uh, the manual for the uh, fancy toaster. What's that, Freddie? Another great thing about the Internet. If, if you lose the instructions or mm-hmm. directions or whatever for a, a product, they're all online. It's fantastic. It's like, oh, where are those instructions? Oh, just go online. They'll be there. Um, let me just underline again about this book, The Billionaire Murderer. Um, murders. 
it's again, it stands up. I would recommend somebody read it because it gives you the whole background. What happened around that time and the fact that they haven't been solved leaves it sort of open ended. I mean, really, that book could have could have been written last week. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Because it gives you a whole bit like how he built the company, how he came to acquire it, how his cousins got pissed off because they thought they were ripped off, how you think they might be suspects and on and on and on and on. It just all holds up. And there's no conclusion to this point. So now we've had Kevin on. A few times since the book was written. Obviously, he came on yeah. to promote the book. Mm-hmm. It, it would be good since we've had this conversation. Why not just do a little follow-up and, you yes. know, you can express that and uh, then we can maybe see where, where things are at. Because I, I know, like, wasn't there some stuff recently? It was in the news. What was that? The man with the gate right. walking in front of the house. They're trying to figure out who that is. Um. And again, you know, like I had read the, you know, the Paul um, Bernardo, uh, Carla Hamolka thing. I forgot what writer from The Sun. Yeah, I read that, and too. How, and how that was botched by the police. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting, too. You get these cases every so often where the police, you know, make mistakes and botched up, but they won't obviously admit it. And that's another frustrating part of this. So much so many loose ends so many things that weren't done by the metro police but they still maintain they're on top of it and they're on the inside when you know the uh, sherman family hired some private investigators who arguably have come up with more leads than the toronto police and and, then what is the problem the toronto police don't want to admit that they are behind the private investigators is that the problem there was a lot of evidence that was overlooked and evidence that wasn't pursued and interviews that weren't done and Mm. because for the toronto police the easiest thing for them would have been barry killed honey and then killed himself and they hung on to that apparently the toronto police way longer than they should have but do you have any other uh, book reviews from 2019 2020 (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i read that bernardo book years ago that was i can't remember the guy from the sun also a very good read but uh yeah. disgusting and and chilling and yeah mm-hmm. um okay well listen we've got to switch gears dan duran will you be uh, able now people don't know this because dan duran is a super pro will you be able to do the news since you're you've been sick all weekend Yes, I'm going to uh, put whatever together here. It's not not a, not physically taxing, so I've got myself a really bad cold. I mean, whatever cold this cold is is really a you know hangs on. I've really never had a cold like this? I can't remember. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, um, but I'm almost done. I'd like to think that. So you've been in bed all weekend. You missed all the Passover. Uh, sorry, Passover. But to the Easter festivities, you didn't go on yep. any Easter egg hunts. No, didn't venture out of the house at all. So you were in bed all weekend long? Yeah. I mean, you know, I I, I mean, I was up and down a little bit, you know, around the house sort of because, you know, I can lay in a bed so long. But Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, right. So you don't have any bed sores? No. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, bed sores are no joke, apparently. No, I know. How how I get to lay in a bed to get them? Man, those bed sores are no joke. Someone was telling me about them. Once you get them, you can't get rid of them. Awful. You got him, man. Awful. <laughs> you can, once you're at the bed sore level, you might just want to check out. <laughs> well, Dan Duran, I'm glad that you're mm. 
that you're on the uh, men because uh, we need you. This country needs you, Dan. All right, thank you. Well, uh, I'll go work and see what I can find out there in the uh, the world of, of well, uh, okay. Well, maybe I'll wait till you come back. You know, because there's a bit of a theme here with Fred and I, and you know, we've been talking about you know saying things inappropriately. I told the story of the uh, the guy that was chirping me the entire time in Mexico. You know, putting his foot in his mouth about. You know, Dahl's cousin Laverne. We have a little bit of feedback on that. And I oh, did, do we? And I did want to share. Well, yeah, we have that little email. Remember? Oh, that thing. Okay. No. Oh, I thought you meant direct feedback. No, yeah. no, oh, no. I don't oh, think okay. so. Okay. Yeah, Although I can't. I'm just, I was kind of thinking, like, I wonder if I'm going to, you know, hear from him. But uh, I have another story when Dan comes back of, uh, you know, uh, something that went awry. I didn't mean for it to, but. <laughs> anyway, oh, imagine that. Four days. Imagine that. <laughs> Four days. We haven't heard from you, and then something else comes up. Imagine. That. Well, it's funny because this thing that I, I sort of another misplaced or whatever we want to call these this category of you know saying shit I shouldn't have uh, him too. Oh yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah. Uh, this is a follow up to something I said in an email about a month ago, and it's kind of oh. come back to haunt me a bit. Oh, okay. So it's the uh, the features call the shit I sh- should I shouldn't have said should, or yeah shit I shouldn't have said or just shut your face. That's what I think we should call. It. Once again, humble and Fred should just learn to shut their faces. But before you go, Dan, our uh, sort of uh, part time music director Keith Wyland has sent us a, a couple of uh, interesting songs. But I wanted you to hear this is from Wheeler Walker Jr. It's called "She's a Country Music Fan." Have a listen. Boom ninety seven three. I'm getting older and I fear that my time has passed. I need a cowgirl who likes beer and job need cash. All these young drunk bachelorettes, man, I've had it up to here. Thank God my angel appeared and she's a cunt. She loves dicks The cups filled up with beer She loves asking to hear Her favorite song from the band She's a bitch and country music fan There you go Thank you, Keith. That's great. There you go. Just a little fun to get us started as we uh, begin another week of Humble and Fred Broadcasting. Dan Duran will return shortly. Uh, We will, uh, of course, uh, break down the Masters uh, a little bit as uh, well. I have a... You had a book review. I have a movie review. And I thought of you. You will absolutely love this. And so will a lot of Humble and Fred fans. But first... Hey, let's talk about the Chambers Plan, uh, Canada's number one group uh, benefits plan for small business. Small business being, say, one to a hundred employees. Yeah, if there's just a couple of you in the office, you can do this. Look at the Humble and Fred situation. We did it, and we're so glad we did it. We're talking prescriptions, dental, travel insurance, therapies, an HR department, a mental health component now. It's all there. It's unbelievable. You know, they're very progressive. They stay sort of ahead of the curve uh, when it comes to providing 
what you would expect from a benefits package. Take the time today. Go to chamberplan.ca. There's a badge there. Click on it. Uh, Yeah, you'll find out exactly what it will cost your small business to be part of this. You'll be pleasantly surprised. And know that over the past several years, you can track it. They've done a great job on uh, holding the line on premiums, which is important for a small business because you got to know what you're going to spend, right? Uh, Chamber Plan. The Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan. Go to chamberplan.ca. You know, we mentioned this last week. In an ideal world, the first time you got into an electric car, you'd have someone to trust walk you through everything you need to know. And there are things you need to know. It, You know, there's a bit of a learning curve. You know, you'll be able to figure it out. It's like going from a... I was going to say a flip phone to a smartphone, but it's not even that complicated. With evnet.ca, what you do get is you get somebody to kind of, to borrow a phrase from my boy Niblet, to Sherpa you through the experience. An EV advisor answers your questions. You take the car home. You know, you get to rent it basically first. It's not a test drive. It's a sort of test experience. And you get to experience what life is like with an electric car. Um, here's some, uh, you know, just, just, oh, there we go. Just a couple of basics, which is evnet.ca. You can rent it for a day, for a weekend, for a, a week. You know what? You, there are lots of models. You don't need to get a Tesla. There's the uh, Kona, the Bolt, the Leaf, and, of course, the Tesla Model 3. That's what I'm driving around in. And uh, experience what life is like when you can pass a gas station and not have to fill it up. You can... You know, choose any kind of an experience, but go to electric experience at evnet.ca. So uh, you spent uh, any time uh, watching the uh, golf on the weekend? Uh, Yeah, some. Until the, uh, uh, yeah, well, that interruption Saturday sort of screwed me up as far as viewing. And uh, yesterday I watched until the Jays game came on and flipped it back and forth. Oh. Yeah, not a lot, but uh, some, yes. Well, listen, I know Boone gets all, uh, I don't know what he, he seems to have a, a stink on every time we talk about golf. Um, the other day we were talking about, uh, we had Robert Dameron on. We had a guy who'd won yeah. on the PGA Tour on the day the Masters started. And uh, our producer went on Facebook and was like, oh, this episode of Swing Thoughts, you know, kind of a snarky comment, I thought, for, you know, someone who's, uh, you know, producing the program. But I understand not everyone wants to hear about golf, but uh, it is the Masters. And we have a lot of guys who listen to us who are sports fans. Well, yeah, I don't think that's fair. You know, I think he's just pulling your chain. I mean, the Robert Dameron interview was fun because he's a character and he's somewhat flamboyant. And I think it was that was just good. Oh, I thought it was good content. It was just good content. Yeah. And again, the Masters is the Masters. It's like the Stanley Cup. So I think Mikey's just pulling your chain. Okay. Um. Well, good. Here's a couple things. You know, the, the Masters... There's a couple aspects of it I thought were, would be of interest. But to the average sports fan who doesn't know all the names of the players, what you might be interested in, though, is how much money... I have this article in front of me. Just how much money that tournament makes, but how much more, more interesting to me is how much they leave on the table. So they're with from concessions and, and merchandising and... 
And everything that goes into that tournament, they make about $150 million a year, which isn't very much money. No. They, they leave, according to this article, about $250 million on the table because it's such, it's, there's so much money in that club. They don't need to make any money because what, why they're leaving money on the table is they don't want to give up control of everything. And I have a fact in a second. I want your reaction, but I have a fact in a second that I did not know that blew my mind. Well, I would say my biggest financial takeaway from the weekend was I saw somewhere someone posted the concession menu again, and egg salad sandwich is still a buck fifty. Yeah, and I had heard that. Like, I mean, that's that's um, that's uh, Masters. Um, that's a tradition, right? To have concessions that don't gouge people, and an egg salad sandwich is still a buck fifty. You can buy Come everything. On. You can buy so the egg salad. The most expensive sandwich is a club sandwich. It's three dollars. Yeah. The most expensive beer is five dollars. You can buy a glass of white wine for six dollars. One of the re- you can buy. In fact, the guy in the article said you can buy everything on the menu. One of one of everything on the menu for sixty six dollars. Right. The reason they do that... And that's what a bag of popcorn costs you at Rogers Center. Exactly. $66. And a beer. The reason... No, no, no. no, no, Oh, just the popcorn? Just just the popcorn, yeah. Well, I'm going to find out tomorrow night. I'm going to the game. Um, The reason they do that, and this is... Again, they don't need to make money off this tournament. They have enough money. Because what they've factored into is the fact that their little tournament in Augusta, Georgia, in the middle of nowhere, everyone mainly everyone going to to watch it on the grounds has had to drive or fly from somewhere else to come and see the tournament so their thinking is well we're going to factor that expense into the price of what it costs to come and see us but here's the part that blew me away so i've known for years that cbs that covers that has a con has a contract with the masters and they've had it since the uh I think it's the late 50s or early 60s. A one-year contract. And they renew it every year. So, basically, the Masters has said to CBS, yeah, you can broadcast this thing, but it'll be under our terms. So, here's the thing I did not know until I read this article. The Masters makes zero money. They allow ESPN and CBS to broadcast a tournament for free. In exchange for full and complete control of the TV production. They only have six sponsors. So what they make off TV is there's six sponsors, AT&T, IBM, Delta, whatever. They put up, I think, $25 and that covers the cost of the production and, and the fact that there's only four minutes of commercials per hour on the broadcast you think about the super bowl (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. i know Mm -hmm. this isn't the super bowl but it's the super bowl of golf think about what those how many commercials there are and how much money the the broadcast rights are so that goes into this guy's figure about leaving 250 million you know on the table each year that they could make yeah yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, that's a story, isn't it, compared to other sports? I wonder, um, I was thinking this yesterday as far as, you know, millennials who are into golf, like, 
most millennials now don't watch complete basketball games, hockey games, or anything. They get alerts on their phones and just look at the highlights. Mm-hmm. What's the What's the Masters? Maybe I'm asking you something you don't know. I think it's a great question. Right, go ahead. If, if, if there's a great shot, say a hole-in-one, let's go crazy. How quickly would you be able to see that on social media or can you at all or they prevent that type of thing from happening first of all great question and uh here's my answer the masters app like these guys are it's it's like it seems like they're an old stodgy organization but they are cutting edge in terms of their broadcast and in terms of their app it's it's funny because on social media this weekend uh golf twitter was you know, in, in universal praise of how good their app is. Mm-hmm. You can go on their app. I, I've just uh, uninstalled it this morning, but they'll show you every shot every player is hitting. So if something happened like that, a millennial would get an alert on their phone. Mm-hmm. And not only is the, the story there, but the, the video of it is there. Oh, okay. They were using some AI technology this weekend to have artificial voices on their app uh, do some of the coverage of some because like the main broadcast is just covering a certain amount of players. Yes. But they had an, an artificial intelligence voice doing the not the play by play, but the summary of every shot. Like it was mm-hmm. it was pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know that, you know, it's hard to answer. I don't know if a 25 to 45 year old is going to watch as much golf as I did this week. And I just don't think. Well, probably not. But you're a bad example. Would a millennial watch as much as I did this weekend would be a better comparison because it's all about the casual golfer, right? It's all about it's all about the casual fan. You need them to build numbers. You just do. And I'm just wondering, um, you know, if you could track viewership over the past decade, um, what that would look like. Well, I was watching it with uh, I'm not sure. What is a millennial? Is it a millennial? I guess yeah. Somebody was born in uh, the two thousand. So My was, kids. Yeah. yeah. Well, and so Charlie's boyfriend. I invited him over to watch uh, the coverage on Saturday, and he was interested because he's a big sports fan, mainly basketball. Uh, the last time we watched a game together was the Bills uh, playoff game, and uh, right. pretty well rounded sports guy. And I uh, was interested enough in the Masters to want to hang out with uh, his girlfriend's dad. And, uh, but he would never have watched this if it wasn't for me. So he's more than a cat. He's very casual. Right. Uh, this is leading to something else. So we're, we came over. He came over Saturday. We had lunch while the broadcast was on. And for most people who don't know, it was, they stopped and started it a bunch of times. Weather was, a, was an issue. And, right. And uh, so... Around 3.30 Saturday afternoon, they, they suspend play. So I said to Levi, I said, well, what do you want to do now? I, I said, you know, we can hang out for a while, and then I'll, I'll drive you home. And I said, wait a second, I've got an idea. I said, have you heard about this movie about Michael Jordan and uh, Nike? Mm-hmm. He said, yeah. I said, well, how would you like to go see it? So that's what we did. Oh. Mm-hmm. Now, let's, this is where I want to turn away from the Masters for a while. But i got to tell you, Freddie, you got to go see it. Mm-hmm. So Ben Affleck and Matt Damon have formed this company, and what I like about their well, have you heard have you heard the Smartless interview with Ben Affleck yet? Yes, I have. Again, another great opportunity lost. Mm-hmm. 
Yes. Let's just put a pin in the movie for a second. I thought of you last night when I was listening to the episode. Why can't those guys who are multimillionaires, who are making millions of dollars for that podcast, get the volume right on everyone's microphone? No, I know. It's interesting. And then leave you so often asking a question and there's an obvious follow-up and they just don't do it. It's It's... Well, they're not trained in that, but I know I find it frustrating. Well, so first of all, Sean's mic was way, way louder than everyone's else, everyone else's. Affleck's mic was so low that when he was talking, I was turning it up. And and they've even they even acknowledged on the episode. Yeah, well, you know, sometimes we get carried away. Yeah, but it was Affleck was on his way to talking about how he and Matt Damon were friends from childhood, and then you know, hopefully leading into goodwill hunting, all that stuff you wanted to hear, and it just never comes out. No, it doesn't. But you know, for most people, they don't notice the things that we do. Because honestly, I mean. Well, you can't deny it. I mean, we've sort of been trained that way for 40-some-odd years. (laughs) You know, so somebody that isn't, they hear that interview, and they don't think of the follow-up question that maybe could have been asked or sort of deep-diving into certain areas that they don't. Well, I don't even know if it was, we'd call it a deep dive. It was just like Mm -hmm. sort of rudimentary facts. And the thing is, I'd heard the interview now after I'd seen the movie. But Mm -hmm. let me tell you, it's a great movie. If you like sports movies, I know you would. It's not only a great movie. Like what these guys have done, they formed a production company that is going to make adult movies. Like mo- movies without like, you know, now, now basically you go to the movies nowadays, you have a choice between spectacular effects and comic book characters or the Banshees of Isherin, which are few and far between mm-hmm. in Isherin. Mm-hmm. But this is more of a movie like that. It's about people. They're talking. There's a heart to it. There's an arc to the story. It's about a... And and Levi loved it. You know, he's a big basketball fan. Mm -hmm. He's 30 years old. And, and, And as he said, he made a good point. He said it was a great movie, even though you know the outcome of it. Mm hmm but uh, it's so good. Damon's great. Affleck's great. Uh, uh, Jason Bateman is great in it. The story is great. You know, the idea that, you know, I mean, we all knew that Jordan became, you know, Michael Jordan and Air Jordan were, you know, it, but this, this particular point in time, this revolutionized sort of sports marketing. And it's a fascinating story, but it's just, it's just people talking and, you know, there's no special effects and it's got great, you know, performances and it was great. My kind of movie. You'd love it. Yeah, it is. It's my kind of movie. The story of Phil Knight, how he built up uh-huh. Nike, and how they went after Michael Jordan when in 1984, after Jordan, you know, played in the Olympics and went for, you know, in the draft, there were, he was, there were other, the, the big companies in, 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 first of all, there wasn't really a big basketball um, thing, but Converse, Adidas had a much bigger share. Nike had a tiny share of the basketball market, a pretty good share of running, though. They made all their money, all their money on running shoes, people that ran. Yeah, I remember. It's funny, you know, people our age, what we've seen in our lives. 
I mean, technologically and even a situation like that where when we were kids, the idea of the product endorsement was it was over there somewhere, you know, the odd time, but nothing. It was often done on a local basis, like Maple Leafs might endorse a local rental shop or something. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I remember Nike just sort of exploded out of nowhere. Do you remember that? It was like all of a sudden. Because when I was a kid, it was Adidas. Yeah. Everybody wanted Adidas. Me too. Everybody wanted Adidas shorts. And then all of a sudden, this slash thing started showing up. And obviously, the rest is history. Well, the thing I didn't remember, you know, in 1984, I would have been 24 years old. And I wasn't paying attention. What mm-hmm. I didn't remember is what kind of impact that Nike running shoes had on the running, you know, the people that got into yeah. running and marathons. Right. And basketball was kind of an afterthought. I don't want to give away too much. I mean, you know, yeah. Hey, he tur- it turns out Michael Jordan had a pretty good career, you know. But mm-hmm. but what it did for Nike and sort of sports marketing in general, there was a couple things and again, I'll let you discover the movie yourself, but the you know, the fact that uh the deal that Michael Jordan made with Nike turned him into a multi-billionaire. But, and, and Levi also made a great point. He said, you know, as much money as they paid Jordan, he said, I like to think about the fact that what, how much money did they make? <laughs> I said, that's a great point, you know. It's like they paid Jordan on average to this day. He makes $400 million a year off this deal that he and his mother made in 1984. But as as Levi said, you know, it's like, yeah, well, what is Mikey making? They're making $4 billion worldwide on, on Jordan-related products. And isn't it funny? The morality thing has always been hanging on the hook, so to speak, but has never, ever really... People like the product so much. Oh, yeah. Because, <laughs> again, I mean, it's true. Who makes those products and what they're paid and how they're taken advantage of it's always been there but never big enough to stop me from buying when i say me i mean us society from buying that neat looking comfortable pair of shoes that's right it's weird it is well anyway it's uh so that's my movie review you will love it if you're like us and you like those kinds of movies it really is just a and and that's the mandate of this company they've uh, started called um i don't know something equity well because you had that story i think that you told me either on the air or off the air or whatever this is about the guy that came up with this story and they they gave him a full share a full writer's share didn't you have that story about what are we talking about? About the Air Jordan, about the Jordan movie. Um, some guy had written no, it. That wasn't me. Oh, I no. thought it was you. But some guy came up with the idea after seeing the documentary, The Last Dance. He thought, "Hey, that's an interesting story." And Affleck huh. and Damon, who also contributed to some of the writing, basically, this guy thought he was just going to get a based on the story by credit. Yeah. But their mandate is to share the wealth in this process, and they mm-hmm. gave him a full writer's share. But very oh. interesting. If that was me, I can't remember. Funny, okay. I can remember where I bought my last toaster, but I can't remember. <laughs> can you whether imagine? I told hey, I have a review for you. Yes, another review. Yes. Something else I did this weekend. So I was listening to uh, Howard Stern, and he had Mark Marin on. Mm. 
And I like Mark Maron. Like his podcast, I like at the beginning when he just talks. Yeah, me too. But when he when he brings comics on to talk about um, comedy, it sort of loses me a bit. I don't mind a comic talking about the world, so to speak. But when they talk about the art form, it sort of loses me. It just does. Yeah, it doesn't. I, I, to, you know, just to break in, that's one of my favorite parts, obviously. Yeah, I know, yeah, I but you that. can relate to that. I can't. I can only imagine. But anyway, he's talking to Mark Marin, and again, it was a good interview. I mean, not too often Stern misses the opportunity for a good question, but um, anyway, he was talking about his latest special on HBO Max called Bleak to Dark, mm-hmm. and I thought, about us because he starts he starts his um his special by saying there's no hope it's never gonna get better than this <laughs> right yeah and then it goes from there and uh so i as soon as they're talking about this that bleak to dark i thought oh man that just sounds like right up my alley how he would love this too so i found it and i watched it and it's it's good pretty it's solid, solid stuff. And he had a girlfriend, right, who died uh, a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Just got sick, uh, leukemia or something. And, you know, he talks about that and makes some jokes about it. And on Stern, he was talking about, he had a couple of jokes about her dying in his special, that once the special was done and released, he had second thoughts mm-hmm. of. It was pretty cool. But I would, um, number one, if you have access to Stern, listen to his Mark Marin interview. Okay. Because Marin's a really interesting guy. And uh, and then if you can see that special. Well, HBO Max is available on uh, through Crave, I think. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, I'm gonna, let, let me write that down. Fair. You know, and it's not, you know, and it's not laugh out loud funny. It's just very smart and poignant and cool. And yeah, he's really one of those guys it. that has a, a great ability. He's a great joke writer. And, yeah. it was, and it was been, he's been a great comic for a long time, but he's kind of morphed into this guy that has the mm-hmm. ability to be, because there's a, there's a saying in stand-up, if you're not going to be funny, you have to be interesting. Yes. In between the funny. And, and he is interesting because he's, a, he's, he's making, he's a, it's like a lot of great uh, you know, thoughts in between the, yes. the punchlines. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're looking for a Mark Marin, if you're a geek like me and and love listening to the the them talk about the art of stand up, so I've listened to a bunch of Mark Marin this winter because he had a. I, I was just scrolling through some of his podcasts, and whenever somebody had died, like Saget died, he reran the Saget interviews. Oh, okay. <laughs> and he's right. had, and, and then what he did mm-hmm. is he ran all three of them. In, in one giant podcast. So I listened to mm. all of that. I think on the way home from Mexico the first time, I had downloaded it. Then when, when Norm died, he had the Norm, he, he reran his last interview with Norm. Just very, very good. But it was a lot of inside yeah. baseball stuff, very sort of like the art of stand up and, mm-hmm. and, and the fact that he's known all these guys for years. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And again, I won't give too much more away, but. Um very interesting from that standpoint to interactions with other comics, his impressions or his, you know, his sort of attitude towards other comics. Like currently he's, he can't stand all these comics that come up now and, you know, I'm anti-woke, man. Like I'm pushing back <laughs> against woke. That's what I'm all about. And he just, he just makes the point with so many of the younger comics now are going that way and it just annoys him. But... <laughs> Um, 
think about him as a podcaster, though. So at the time we started in 2011. Oh, yeah. I don't know if like, he I think he may have started. He may have he may have be, he may have begun. But at the time, he wasn't one of the big ones. Corolla was. Well, he says 14 years. He's been doing so he's a couple years prior to us. But but at the time, mm-hmm. I don't recall him in the same. Excuse me. In the same popularity is adam carolla mm-hmm. that was kind of our you know that was the one like wow if we could ever get to be like adam carolla of canada but somewhere along the way he became the guy and and how you know it i mean i've, I've listened to this episode too how you know that he crossed some mm-hmm. kind of barrier or whatever some kind of line where barack obama showed up at his garage to mm-hmm. be interviewed on the yeah. podcast. And, right. And you, you just mentioned one of my favorite parts of his podcast, too, is the before and after part. Mm-hmm. So the before Obama sits down, Marin's, you know, riffing about it. But when Obama leaves is one of my favorite parts of his show. Just I'll have to look for that one. You I should. Remember. Yeah. Because he's talking about this thing that just happened. Mm-hmm. And he's having trouble putting it into words. And it's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a big fan, and even more so now. But that special is just so cool. <laughs> way he, and it's called from what, begins. What, it's called from bleak to dark, or yeah. <laughs> okay, uh-huh. yeah. Uh, Louis C.K. I haven't seen it, but I've seen clips from it. Mm-hmm. Louis C.K. has got a new special out. And, you know, he just does these himself now. He produces them, and I'm on his mailing list, so I saw it. But I've been seeing lots of clips from it. Mm-hmm. He's pretty funny. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's still... You can say what you want about him. You know, you can, he, yeah, he's disgusting and jerked off in front of some people. But, you know, hey, we've all done some things. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, he's so... He's just so fearless in his topics... I will uh, t- for tomorrow. I'll do a little homework and I'll I'll bring a couple of clips from him. It's you'll just fucking die. It's so good. Well, he he often references the incident. Too, oh yeah, doesn't he? Oh like, yeah. He got in. Fr- he he again another case of getting in front of something. Yeah, he never hides from it. Yeah, and it's the best. It's just the best strategy because then what? Can, people can't go. Yeah, but what about? Yeah, you're not talking about that, or what about that thing you did? No, Once yeah. you talk about it. That's off the table. I think it's great. Yeah. Well, I'm going to, I thought of you again a couple times when I've seen this. Like, oh, I should share these with Fred. But I, you know, I never know how much of my, like I you know, the odd time you and I will send each other an article or something. And uh, a few times over the last week since this came, this came out, I thought, oh, I should, Fred would love this bit. Because it's so, he's really, when I say he's fearless, like there's very few topics that he won't touch. And I love his spin on religion and stuff. So... For tomorrow, I'll bring some of those in. Um, before we... Sh- do, do you want to even... Is it worth going to the golf at all? I mean, I'm, now I'm nervous because Boone's going to be critical. What do you, listen, <clears throat> Mike Boone did a two-and-a-half-hour interview. <laughs> Just kidding. About the, the Talk 640 um, party this weekend. He, he There was a Talk 640 party, and he took all his equipment, and he did a two-hour, two-and-a-half-hour <laughs> deep dive on... 640. So you know what? He's a, he's a real podcaster. We're just a couple of nonsense merchants. I mean, 
I think this podcast has more listeners than 640, to be honest. <laughs> but not but not more than Boone. I, and I know, listen, I just don't, I, I don't want to get on his wrong side now that his head's hurting all the We're time. We're just poking some fun. We're just poking some fun. He doesn't care that you we talk about golf. Well, but I am, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm concerned. I don't want the audience to be turned off if we get into a, a golf discussion. But I'll tell you what, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll just give you a quick uh, from a sports fans overview in a second. But first, Frederick, let's talk about these fine folks that support us each and every day. Well, how about Bodog? Bodog. Yeah, Bodog. Uh, listen, Maple Leafs, uh, three games left in the regular season tonight in Florida. Uh, sunrise and then uh, tomorrow night Tampa Bay and then Thursday night New York so they finish the uh, schedule with three road games that mean absolutely nothing and maybe that's why tonight the Florida Panthers favored minus 140 okay the Panthers over the Maple Leafs Panthers have been playing well lately another team that seems to be playoff ready not sure our Maple Leafs are but that's for we'll talk about that next week when the playoffs start whether you're a sports better a horse racing fan a poker casino player uh bodog is your number one source of online gambling entertainment from their industry leading odds world-class sports book and feature rich poker room to their fully loaded casino and race book we've been providing canadian players with an unparalleled gaming experience since 1994 i was in a uh, master's pool along with our friend darren and laurie and um I was, uh, I think I was last. I think everyone beat me. Men, women, people of every gender. Everyone beat me. uh, You're supposed to pick six players. And three of my players didn't make the cut. (laughs) Fucking McElroy, Tiger, who withdrew because his leg, because he drove off the cliff, Fred. (laughs) So, uh. And another guy that didn't make the cut that I thought was going to have a good week. It was a little embarrassing, really. I'm supposed to be the big golf guy. I couldn't pick. Uh... Anyway, what I could not have predicted was the following. I could not have predicted that Phil Mickelson at age 52. And I just never mm-hmm. liked the guy. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Do you, do you have guys in hockey that you just can't stand, but you also have to admire? Brad Marchand of the uh, Boston Bruins. Again, we've talked about him. He's like a rat. He's like Kenny Linsman. Well, I was going to say, Linsman was another perfect example of a guy I hated, but you you just wish he were on your team. Although at the time, he was on my team, Boston. Yeah. So uh, Mickelson was like that for me. And uh, Phil Mickelson, you know, all the live golf tours and stuff, and he went over there for a couple hundred million, blah, blah, blah. And I could not have predicted that he would have finished second and uh, set a record for the oldest player in Masters history to finish in the top five. I could not have predicted that Brooks Kepka, who's been also playing on this rival Saudi-backed league and has done nothing for a couple years, comes out of hibernation, almost wins, played great. Another guy I can't stand, but I admire him. And... Um, but the other thing that was I thought of interest to a sports fan, the, the thing about golf being a meritocracy, meaning that it, does, it doesn't matter who you are, it only matters what, how you play. And I had this discussion with Levi, he's a big sportsman. I said, there's an amateur playing in the Masters. I don't know if you were aware of this. 
Were you? Yes. Okay. Guy's name I is Sam Bennett. Mm-hmm. So the Masters, which was founded by Bobby Jones 100 years ago, Bobby Jones was considered to be the greatest amateur of all time, never turned pro. And in all the years they've had this professional golf tournament, they always honor the amateurs. For a while there, and it still pisses me off, for a while there they used to invite the Canadian amateur champion. Mm-hmm. And then somewhere along the line they stopped that. <laughs> So this kid won the U.S. Amateur. His name is Sam Bennett. And that gets you an automatic invite to the Masters. And usually it's a cute little thing. You know, you hope to be low amateur. But this kid came out of nowhere and was in the final group on the third round. Like, it was ridiculous. And as I said to Levi, I said, there's no other sport where this could happen. I said, imagine if you were like the leading scorer in the NCAA uh, Final Four or whatever, March Madness, and they let you play in the NBA Championships. Like it's just, you, there's just no parallel. So I found that I could not have predicted that. I found that of of massive interest for me watching a young person at age 23 in his first two rounds. He played with the number one player in the world and uh, the guy that had won the tournament the year before. It was crazy. So those were those were the kind of storylines from a non golf centric that I thought people might find interesting. Um. I just have to challenge you on what you just said. Who is that? Well, the Maple Leafs yesterday signed a kid named Matthew Nyes yes. to an NHL entry-level contract. Yeah, I heard that. He just came through the Frozen Four college hockey, and he will be in the lineup for the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs. So it is possible. It is possible. It, that's There's a... A blatant example. Okay, so that's very good. It's not possible in, in basketball, though, and it's not possible in any other sport. It could be possible in hockey, but you're, if you're the, you're not the NFL isn't going to sign somebody in December from college, are they? And then he'll be in the Super Bowl. Well, no, I don't think they're allowed to. This is what I'm saying. So yes, it, this possible in <clears throat> hockey, but think about this: could they have signed this kid? Let's say the week of the Stanley Cup Finals. Is, yeah, it, is sure. it theoretical? Just the just the way it works with college hockey as opposed to junior hockey, because junior hockey playoffs go a lot longer, and you have to be sort of drafted as this kid was. But yeah, he's Leaf property, and uh, you know his minor minor league or amateur career is now over, and he's their property. Well, that is very cool. As long as you've got space under your salary cap, yeah. He could assign today or tomorrow or two weeks from now. Well, I stand corrected there. I mean, mm-hmm. again, it's it's analogous, but not completely because... No, no, I, I know. You're right. Because this kid was literally... That's like mm-hmm. this kid that the Leafs just signed isn't playing this week in the Stanley Cup Finals. No, but he played in a college game on Saturday night and yeah. could be playing tonight in the NHL. Very, very cool. This yeah. kid that I'm talking about played in the Masters yesterday and mm-hmm. today is teeing it up in a college event. Yeah, like there's no way this kid's playing in the Stanley Cup final this year. But it, it, theoretically, <laughs> yeah, theoretically he could. Yes. And and again, I, I picked these stories out because I'm trying to make it less about what actually happened. And, you know, the guy that won is a superstar and people, if you're a non-golfer, maybe you've heard of him. But mm-hmm. uh, I just thought there were some interesting sort of yeah. human stories. And watching this kid, I found that I, I was one of my favorite stories on the weekend was seeing how this kid was going to hold up 
against the best players on the planet. Mm-hmm. And he did, you know, he did himself proud. It was very interesting. Again, I kept thinking, this guy is two years younger than my youngest kid. Right. You know, just from like a kid from Texas and just, a, you know, it's funny. You just to, Yeah, but to, that's not that 23 isn't necessarily that young, is it? Didn't you say he was 23 years old? No, no, it's not. In the world of sports, yeah. it's not that young. But to be in that. No, but even for golf, wasn't Tiger younger than that? Yeah, but Tiger, yeah. here's the thing. Okay. Tiger, younger than that, was the low amateur in the Masters. But he wasn't, right. in, the, he wasn't in the final group on Saturday. Right, right, Like, right, it's not right. so much that he was young and played in the tournament. Lots of guys were. Mm-hmm. Lots of guys did that. Mm-hmm. It's where he got to that I found fascinating. Um, this Matthew Nye's may, uh, situation may have a, an interesting twist because the Frozen Four, and he lost the championship game on Saturday night in Tampa on the ice where the Tampa Bay Lightning play. And I have a, this horrible feeling that, you know, he's going to jump into the NHL. The Leafs are playing Tampa Bay in the first round. He will suffer the same fate, maybe in the same arena. That he lost on, on Saturday. That is pretty cool, though. He's going to go from being an amateur to a pro. Yeah. yeah. Wearing a Leafs jersey. Is he a Canadian kid? No. Crazy thing, too. Talk about interesting twists on stories. He's from Phoenix, Arizona. Now, Matt, the same place that um, Austin Matthews is from. So imagine that. Austin Matthews, one of the best players in the NHL from Phoenix, Arizona, he learns to play hockey in the desert. And not only is there another one now, and this kid's not Austin Matthews, but who knows what potential he has. But he's a high-profile kid, the Leafs' number one prospect, and he happens to be from Phoenix, Arizona as well. And both play for Canadian teams. What uh, school did he play for? Arizona State? Uh, No, Minnesota. No, he played for one of the hockey schools. Well, here's an interesting twist Mm -hmm. back to golf. The guy that won the Masters yesterday played his his college career in arizona at arizona state university oh there you go um another takeaway i had from the masters phil mickelson is he endorsing ozempic or something (laughs) no i know He, he looks so skinny holy cow i know he's unrecognizable to himself you know this ozempic um that medication for people with uh, type two diabetes. Yeah, they're or they're marketing it as a weight loss. Yeah, they're not. You're not allowed to take it in Canada as a weight loss drug, but you can in the United States apparently. Just very very interesting. Yeah. The people that are trying to get their hands on this drug now to lose weight who don't have type two diabetes, and I'm thinking Phil looked really thin. Here's another interesting thing. Keep tying stuff in. I read this article for the first time about that drug this morning. I was reading yeah. some stuff and I was like, wow, mm-hmm. um, because obesity is such a problem there. It's kind of like how they discovered Viagra because Viagra was a drug right. used for, uh, I'm th- I can't remember exactly, but something to do with blood pressure or another. It was a side effect. Boners were a side effect of Viagra. They, it wasn't developed for it. They just discovered that it had that effect. Well, just think of this. A fat, impotent guy pops a couple of pills, becomes a skinny guy with a major bone on. <laughs> like, it's amazing. What, what kind of world can do to you? What kind of world are we living in? It's like amazing. <laughs> That's true. You know, I used to be fat and impotent, but now look at me. 
Look at me now. <laughs> look at me now. No, I know Phil looked terrible. Tiger, uh, you know, I love Tiger, but it's time. You know, it's, we had a good run there. And, you know, I sort of said this to Levi, too. I said, you know, it was, I, I just have to be, you know, I lived through the greatest period. Mm-hmm. You know, for those 10 years, 97 to 2008, when Tiger was, you know, really a phenomenon. And, uh, you know, like anything else in sports, like I watched Gretzky and lived in Alberta during his time at the Oilers. And, you know, we we all got to witness uh, Brady's career. You know, those things, you know, that doesn't come along that often. No, 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 not at all. One other sport. What is it this they're trying to flog on us right now to your Boston Bruins set him. An NHL record for 63 victories, the most ever in an NHL season. Is that right? I, yeah, but I call bullshit on that. Like the Habs in 75, 76 had 60, and there was no overtime. You know what I mean? There was ties back then. There's no ties in hockey anymore. Yeah, so it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a false positive. What, and and yeah. in 19, when the Habs did that, how many uh, games season was it? I think it was 82. Okay. But, uh, yeah, that to me, that's the record. Like, come on. You can't. There's no losses in hockey anymore. That's yeah. right. So the thing is, they have to be, they have to have resolution. So, so how, well, how, there was a lot of those games that the Bruins, they, after 60 minutes, the game was, was tied. And then they went to overtime. Well, back in the olden days when the Habs were setting the, and I hate to say this about the Habs. Oh, I know. This pains you. I know. Don't try to pull that one over on me. Well, Sorry. What, what, how many victories... Aside from overtime ties, shootout victories, how many did they have? How many, like, in oh, your case, legit, well, okay, would it be over 50? Oh, yeah. It was a pretty good I, season. I think so. Okay. Yeah, I think so. I'd have to look at that. I'd have to. Well, I know my buddy, uh, if my buddy Steve Lavery's listening, he's the biggest Boston Bruins fan I know. He's probably f- pushing back right now. I've got a feeling, Howard, President's Cup. That's whoever finishes first in the overall standings. There's a long history of them not doing well in the playoffs. And I got a feeling that this Boston team is going to be toppled. I really do. When do the actual uh, playoffs start now? I think you told me last week. Is it next week? week? Tonight. Okay. Week tonight. Fantastic. Can't wait to watch my, uh, well, I was going to say usually my first Leaf game of the season, but I watched one with you. And uh, I actually watched a couple in Mexico. I was looking back at my phone because I had taken some pictures of me and Darren. Somebody texted me one night in Mexico, and, I, and they said, what are you up to? I said, I took a picture. I said, I'm watching the Leafs. Mm-hmm. So I'd watched a couple games, even beside the one I watched with you. Um, okay, It well, was interesting down there. You know, Leaf games would come on at 5 o'clock. I know. It was weird. There was a couple. Of, now I know how people on the West Coast feel in, a, in certain situations where you watch the game and then have dinner. Yeah. Yeah, it was cool. Um, so in the end, the guy named John Rom uh, won. He was uh, at ASU. He was a superstar in college. He's won a, a major already. He's the um, fourth, I think, from Spain. Little, uh, I don't know, tie-in coincidence, but uh, another legend from Spain, a guy named Seve Ballesteros. Yesterday was the 40th anniversary of him winning his first Masters. Mm-hmm. He uh, got a brain tumor a few years ago and died really young, like in the mid-50s. So there was John Rom paying tribute to, you know, this legend from Spain. Mm-hmm. It's very sweet. And um, 
I watched a bit of the press conference with Rom. Yeah, I'm that big of a nerd. And I'll tell you what, for a kid in his mid-20s, just very articulate, very humble, you know, not cheesy. And for a guy that didn't speak a word of English, really, till he came to the States like 10 years ago, he's very articulate. So, yeah. yeah. I saw his wife, a hot blonde. Isn't yeah, it amazing? All, all these athletes, they all have hot blondes. It's funny. Yeah. They all have the tour wives. That's what I call them. They all have the same look to them, you know? Yeah, like cookie cutter. No, exactly. And what about mm. hockey wives? Do they have a similar look, too? Same thing. Yeah, of course. Puck bunnies. Puck bunnies. All right. Uh... Dan Duran will be coming back in a second. I feel bad for the people in Quebec. Apparently, they have like a million plus people with... Like, we had kind of an okay weather weekend, and, and this week's going to be stunning, but what was going on in Quebec? They had an ice storm, over a million people with no uh, power. Well, it was the perfect storm, eh? That thing that moved through here with rain and wind last week uh, turned into ice there. Uh, nevertheless, we'll uh, move on here in Ontario. It's going to be in the mid-20s. Uh, one thing about the Masters in Canada, uh, literally the official start of the golf season. We had we had some courses open last week here in Toronto. And Clublink, the company that I work with uh, and a member of, is actually opening a bunch of their courses this weekend. After this week, which is going to be sometime, some of the temperatures in the mid-20s. Yeah, by Thursday it could be 25. Yeah, I called around a few here, and this is going to be the uh, drying week Yeah, for, for a few. The courses will dry this week and then be ready to open next week. Yeah, all the courses that you play, like Mayfield and that, that gear, they'll be open next Monday, Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, in the meantime, Fred, let's acknowledge these fine folks. Well, Tim Niblett is a portfolio manager. Raymond James, a member of the Canadian Investors Protection Fund. And uh, Timmy... Uh, uh, what do you say? There's a long list. I've seen the list of Humble and Fred listeners, fans of this podcast, who have contacted the Sherpa and become his clients. And the reviews are just amazing. Tim, uh, you know, listen, if you if you got money and you want it invested and you want to look towards retirement, you want it in the hands of somebody who knows what they're doing. Well, this guy is licensed on both sides of the border, has a long and uh, prosperous uh, career as an investor, and uh, he's looked after the humble and Freddians who have uh, jumped on board. So, you know, if you're looking for uh, someone to, to handle your money, he's the guy. If you have a portfolio and you're not sure that it's doing well and you want somebody to have a second look, Tim will have a look. No uh, strings attached. No obligation. He's just a wonderful fella. That's what he is. He's a wonderful fella. He's the Retirement Sherpa. RetirementSherpa.ca And of course, uh, we are happy, grateful, proud to be associated with GoDaddy. GoDaddy.ca is where you learn more about this company that's uh, been giving power to small businesses like yourselves and ourselves. Entrepreneurs as well for over 25 years, servicing over 20 million customers worldwide. GoDaddy is where people come to get a domain, create a website, and everything else you need to get your business online. You can start your website for free today. You know, I know a lot of people are putting this thing off thinking, I don't know. I don't want to spend a bunch of money. Well, no credit cards even required. You can get it done. Bring your images and your ideas to life. It's free and friendly, 24-7 support. 
and you can do it today with no credit card. Visit GoDaddy.ca to learn more. Uh, Dan is back. What did you uh, call this category? Uh, shit we shouldn't say, nonsense, whatever. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, shit you shouldn't say. I should just shut shit my mouth. Shit we shouldn't have said. Shit, shit we shouldn't have. <laughs> yes. Time for another episode of I Should Just Shut My Face. <laughs> what did you do, Howard? <sighs> Set the scene. Where were you? Well, Dad, I was in Mexico. Uh, I want to do this as quickly as possible. The short of it is I'm on an email string with a bunch of people in this compound. I'm on the board on this condo association. And, you know, there's always little things going on around the grounds. And there's one person who, to her credit, is, you know, the, you know the, the kind of person, she is the Dan Duran of this compound. The kind of person who is taking an interest and is always wanting to improve the lives of people. You know, right. always yeah. keeping a, their eye on snow removal and repairs and things, you know, but can be kind of at time. Good. Fred with good intentions, with the best of intervening. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. So you, I knew Fred would get it. Yeah. (laughs) I knew Fred would get it. Everything. That's not you, Dan. (laughs) But the best of intentions, but can get a bit aggravating. And every email I'm, and the other thing, I was, I was getting all these emails, you know, the kind where you're on like a 15 string where you have to like keep scrolling through the email to try and figure mm-hmm. out what the response is. Mm-hmm. And there were so many people on. I, and so here's what I did. I didn't realize I thought it was just the people on the board and the people from the management company. I just thought there was four of us on this email because it had gone so many iterations. Of it. So Somebody I thought had reposted one more of this person's, you know, concerns, aggravating concerns. <laughs> so I just respond to all. She needs a hobby. <laughs> <laughs> and then I get a response from her. I've got hobbies. Oh, yeah. I'm like, oh, fuck. Oh, no. Oh. Cat's out of the bag. Oh, yeah. Jeez. Oh, oh, yeah. Have you seen her since? No, no. Oh. Are you are you hiding out? Well, I, I do look out before I take stands. I don't want to, <laughs> you know, get involved. <laughs> but uh, I'm, I've tried to make it better. I tried to make it better when I got home because, you know, I, I, I like this person. I, you know, I, I've been seeing her for six and a half years, and, you know, congenial, whatever. I said, uh, I sent her a text. I said, hey, how are you? <laughs> Some, sometimes that makes it work. Oh, yeah. I say, how are you? Have you got a hobby yet? Oh. And then I put in brackets, sorry about that. And then I, I and then I responded to some questions that they had about some of the stuff going on around the, the thing. And anyway, she responded uh, kind of curtly about what her hobby really is, and you know went on to tell me what her hobby is. And it was you know so I think she was being a bit sarcastic. And then I wrote back, well that doesn't seem like a fun hobby at all. You should try golf or playing with yourself. Those are my favorites. <laughs> <laughs> You're you're kidding, are you? No. 
Okay. And, uh, and that's his Are gut. you still replying all of his <laughs> and, and what was the response to that? And got no response. <laughs> no, no response. I was trying to be funny, you know, make a joke, trying to lighten things up. You know, you should try my favorite hobbies, you know. And that got no response. Well, no wonder. Uh, now she has images of some, like, senior, 63-year-old guy, <laughs> no! a couple of units down, strumming his banjo all day. It's a joke. They're jokes. The little bits, yeah, you know, little bitty bits. Anyway. Creepy. creepy. It was a bit creepy. Yeah, it was. But, uh, yeah, so that's what I did. I replied all and said, she needs a hobby, and uh, or she should get a hobby. Anyway, that's what's happening. Well, you've opened up a bag of words. So now here. what happens... Have you had a face-to-face? Well, no. Has she been a walk in the dog or anything? Well, that's the thing. The next time I see her, I'm going to apologize profusely and just say, come on, I was just having a little fun. You know me. Just trying to be funny. (laughs) Yeah. The thing is, you're good with the apology because you're doing it quite quite often. You you exercise that muscle quite a bit. Oh, I'm an expert. You probably exercise that muscle more than you do the other one. Like, seriously, though. Playing with myself? It's a joke. I said, you should to a woman? Whatever. You know, that doesn't seem like a fun... You should try golf or playing with yourself. Those are my favorites. I don't know if it's something. Uh, I don't know if you have that type of relationship with her that you want to stick that image in her head. Well, I do. I think I have that kind of relationship with her. I've oh, known her yeah, well yeah. for six and a half I years. Know well enough. Uh, yeah, I'm yeah. the thought of me uh, <laughs> no, wanking my wanking my. There's no thought. These are just words. They're just fun. But if the words are in the air, it's different than if you write it down on an email. Yeah, an email. that's true. It can be read over and over again. Oh, it I'm has, sure it carries more weight for some. Maybe. Especially, especially the anyway, last I thing thought, you read was, I thought you, know. you two would be amused by this, and I. And oh I was, yeah, no, we're amused. Well, I'm, yeah, but listen, I'm I'm very much amused, but mm. not from the angle that I think you thought I would be amused. I'm more. Amused oh no, you're that, pretty much from the same angle I thought you would be. You'd be <laughs> jumping on me. How old is she? Like in her fifties? Yes. So you text to a woman. Anyway, yeah, it's just uh, yeah, mm. it's a bit odd. Yeah. yeah, yeah, the whole thing has gone south. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, again, thing. it's not like you haven't found yourself in this position before. You're oh. well, you're well exercised. Oh no! I, hello, mm-hmm. darkness, my old friend. You need somebody to filter your responses. Yes, I need a response yeah, you need filter. Somebody to before it goes. <laughs> I do. Before Maybe I, that's a good use of AI. I don't know if AI. That's what I need. I need a Chat GPT. That will get in the way of this. I can um, see her now. I used to really like Howard, but man, he's a bit of an asshole. No, oh yeah, I don't think I don't. I don't think that's. Well, oh, he's a creepy asshole. He's creepy. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I don't know if she used to really like me, but uh, I'll tell you what. Let's switch gears again, and time no. for here's to a fella named Dandaran, a hell of a guy with a hella big wang. The Dandaran, Dandaran, his voice is Dandaran. Dandaran, the Eggerman comes to ask for credentials, he has none. Can't tell a headline from his bum, but his voice is nice and low. Dandaran, the Eggerman's here, he's prone to falling off his chair, but he's got a big wang, so he don't care, and his voice is nice and low. My voice is nice and low. And now live from Lisa's house, even though he's under the weather... Dan Duran is uh, doing uh, his duty to bring the news and views to us. Now, here's Dan Duran. Why is there no cell service on the TTC? 
Yeah. Now, have you guys ridden on this? On this on the subway well, I take the subway every day now, and the streetcar. I'm afraid. <laughs> Boy, <laughs> that's right. I haven't been on All the right, subway well, in Toronto been. ever. I've I've heard this for years. I've been on it. The last time I was on the subway, it's like you have to wait until the uh, the uh, the train comes above ground for those sections that you mm-hmm. you know it's crossing a valley or something to you know get you know it's thirty seconds worth of uh, of cell service and then you go back underground again and you can't get any cell service. It's ridiculous. And uh, I I remember even looking this up uh, the last time I took the TC. Why is this still going on? Well, here's here's what's what's happened and it's been reactivated a little bit by uh, an article in the uh, in the star today so 10 years ago there's a company named bia communications that signed a contract with the ttc for 20 years in exchange for 25 million to provide the wireless infrastructure and the idea was that bai would then sell the space on the their you know infrastructure to the various companies mm. you know like bell and rogers and telus all the big three and you know they control our communications in canada now um but they wouldn't be having none of that they said fuck off basically it was installed and only freedom mobile signed up and now they've been absorbed by uh, by rogers i guess uh, or no i guess it's uh, the quebec company right uh anyway they uh they all don't want to pay the middleman they all want to have exclusivity and then they so they just said screw the the ttc and so they're not. There's nothing going on in there. In the in the star today, the uh, 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 Ashna Hassan, uh, she's a city hall bureau uh, reporter, had uh, come up with four ways of of getting this maybe moving because it's going to be another ten years. It's only halfway through this ten year contract. So there's the getting the CRTC involved, which seems like a good idea because they they have a lot of control over telecom companies and maybe just forcing them to uh, to get on it. Uh, transfer that contract with BAI. Montreal had the same situation kind of set up, and then they figured another way around it. And so Montreal is one of the few uh, subway systems in North America that does that has subway service. And my my son Colton has ridden it. This is fantastic, you know, riding there, and you can have uh, cell service there. Uh, also, public shaming, which I'm doing right now. Mm. And so when you're underground like that, your LTE doesn't work or your 4G or will not work? Okay. Nothing works. The only thing that okay. works is that you could get 911 because oh, the okay. service is in, like the infrastructure is there. It can connect to the infrastructure, but nothing, it goes nowhere. Right? Oh, okay. Um, Dan, uh, so is the bottom line you would like to say to this company, get a hobby? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's... Is it's that what you're TV. saying? Well, it's, it's like I, I'm saying... Some like somebody forced the big three to sort of get off their asses and and because uh, all they're doing is saying, well, we don't like it. We, we want exclusivity like you have and we want to control it. And mm. so they no, won't go on. No. But hey, listen, guys, this is just heap this on top of the l- several layers of shit that have contributed to the fact that public transit in this province, in this city, Toronto is pathetic. Did you see what happened this weekend with uh, the go service or whatever? They enhanced a couple of lines, but at the which means a couple of main lines got more service, which meant a couple of other lines had to have service reduced a bit. So people didn't know they showed up to go to work this week and it took them an extra hour to get to work because go had screwed around with these lines. And it's fine, enhance the service, but don't claw back from another service because 
We need it. Like, look at the size of the city. Look at the people. Look at what's involved here. And people are, like, adding an hour commute to their uh, to their day because we can't get our public transit shit together. Like, it's unbelievable. It really is. It's a joke. When I was in San Miguel, the public transit there seemed to be more efficient than Toronto, honestly. And there, it's just a guy with a donkey and a cart. <laughs> <laughs> but... Hey, by the way, too, talk about safety on the TTC. Did you see our buddy John Moore? Yeah, was, he was attacked uh, again. Attacked. Yeah. He's been attacked a few times. Really? Um, like, this is scary shit, man. You just want to go take the goddamn subway and you have to fear for your life? Like, to Fred's point, I mean, this is one of like, you know, having been in a bunch of, you know, London, Paris recently. Yes. Like, this is literally one of the most antiquated. Whatever has been going on here for the time that I've lived here, which is 33 years. They've been having this fight, the LRT, the Eglinton's line, all this stuff has been going on. But what it didn't solve was the fact that it really, I mean, and, you know, I joke about being on the subway, which I've been on a few times. But my kid, right. the youngest one, is on there all the time. And, right. And it's, it's bullshit. There's only two lines. I know. It's brutal. A city this size in Europe, you could take a subway from everywhere to everywhere else. Listen, this city, this city, and I haven't lived in the city since I am in Scarborough, but it's had a problem with severe left-leaning council for years and years and years and years and years that have been hung up on, you know, whatever is, you know, not wanting to spend money or or if if one faction of uh, city council wants something, it's almost like American politics. They immediately don't want it. So every idea that seems to come up with public transit doesn't get off the starting blocks mm-hmm. because of infighting. And it's been just going on for too long. Like, we, Howard, you talk about London or Paris. When you sit there and you look at their maps and their grids and they think they decided to get this done and they did it. Yeah. Like, how, how did we miss the boat? It's funny because I, I, I haven't been on the subway much here, but I've been on it a ton in New York. I was on it in yeah. London. I've been on. I was on it in Paris because it's so convenient. And and I think you know, to be honest, I'd be on it more here if there was a somewhere. I live. I live on. I live on an extension of Queen Street. If this were London, there'd be a subway stop right here at Queen and Isl- Queensway and yeah. Islington. Mm-hmm. It's it's a it's a shame. And the thing is, now it's just so cost prohibitive that where do we go from here? And as I say, they enhance in one area, but then they claw back in another. That's not what you do in this day and age. You just enhance, enhance, enhance. That's what, if you want people out of their cars. So now with the safety issues at the TTC and making it more difficult for a lot of people to get to work, what are they going to do? They're going to get in a car. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, mind you, you're talking about two different things there. If the goal, Go is uh, Metrolinx, and that's a different system than, than uh, the TTC. It all not, sucks. Uh, well, yeah, agreed. And there's a lot of problems that, you know, just it, they, they're stacked on, like you said earlier, they're stacked on on top of each other constantly. One mm-hmm. of the problems is that, that uh, the TTC is one of the few systems that's not um, also uh, funded by the provincial government at the, at the extent of, say, other systems throughout. The, it's one of the, the mm-hmm. least, least subsidized systems in uh, in the world as it as we're. It started out as, as like a shining example of a great system. And you can't pin that on anyone because, you know, this has been going on and we've had liberal governments, conservative governments. We've had NDP way back in the early 90s when a lot of this stuff actually was probably affordable. 
and it just never, ever got done. It's sad. It is sad. And uh, Dan Duran, thank you for this reporting. You've uh, once again dug deep and spurred a uh, wonderful discussion. Mm-hmm. And we thank you for your service. We hope you feel better. Thank you. How is, is it getting? Because sometimes you wake up in the morning when you've got a cold, and you don't feel well. But usually as the day wears on, you start to feel better. Have you had your coffee yet? I've had coffee. Yeah. Okay. So I've gone through a pot already. <laughs> okay. Well, have you, have you had anything to eat? Yeah. Yeah, a, a, a toast. Oh, toasty! <laughs> you love your toast. That's not the, a joke. Um, I had toast. Really, I did. Here's it's what the first I, thing I do. Yeah. My wife is concerned that every morning I have a couple of cups of coffee before I eat anything. That she doesn't think that's good for my stomach. It may not be, but a lot of I people know. that are into intermittent fasting, uh, they don't agree. That uh, yeah. a lot of people will fast for twelve to fifteen hours and drink, you know, nothing but water and and black coffee. But Dan, back to the toast thing. Mm. I always took so you know. I've once I discovered the wonder of toast. I would send Dan <laughs> notes about that, and uh, this weekend I made toast, and then I took some prosciutto and some of this Dan Duran cheese that he left me, and then I microwaved oh. that, and I made these little um, open faced. I don't even know what you call them, but I got to tell you, Dan, I was going to send you a picture and say, the wonder of toast never ceases to amaze. Yeah. Fantastic. I never thought of doing what you just did. That cheese is a truffle cheese. Oh, my God, Um, Dan. It's fantastic. Dan, this um, toaster that you bought, Howard, does it, can it handle a bagel? Does it have, like, the bagel size slot? Yes, it does. It has another button for bagel. Why are you saying that? Because it's in a Jewish house? Is that why? (laughs) No, because... (laughs) You can do this with toast, but you know, bagels get really hot when you toast them. So if you take it out immediately, like even you can't even touch it with your fingers if it's that hot, put it on a plate, immediately apply peanut butter. Ooh. And if the peanut butter melts mm. on the bagel, oh, Jesus, then yeah. maybe slice, then maybe drop some blueberries on that. Oh, yeah. Oh. Let me ask you a peanut butter question. Yeah. In the fridge or in the cupboard? Cupboard. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah, people that put their peanut butter in the fridge, I'm not sure I trust them. You can't deal with peanut butter when it's cold. I know, it's too stiff. <sighs> so much work. Okay. Crunchy or smooth, what do you like? Uh, I like smooth, actually. Yeah, Delish likes crunchy, but we we have one of each on hand most of the time. But what about you? We run out of smooth and I get into the crunchy. It's like it's just not the same. It's a lot of work. What uh, I like the smooth because because I like to put stuff on it. I like but like in San Miguel when I was having my stomach issues with your buddy Darren, our buddy Darren, I was eating banana peanut butter and banana on just plain bread, not toast because we didn't have right. toasting capabilities. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I, I enjoy a, a crunchy. But I'll take the, the smooth. Well, you but like ooh, the ooh. fancy almond. I've noticed you've got almond butter in yeah, the I've fridge. Almond butter. Oh, Dan. Nut butter. Oh, I've had nut that. Nut butter. As we know, yeah. yeah. And, uh, Dan makes his own nut butter. <laughs> and uh, the one thing about peanut butter, though, you got to watch out, is mm. that they, they, a, lot of, a lot of the peanut butter companies throw in some, uh, some sugar. They, right. Peanut butter is just peanuts, but they throw in Penis butter. Just, is that what oh, you just no, said? You, you know that natural peanut butter that the oil sits on yeah, top? Yeah. I don't like that. I don't like that stuff. Well, you I, just stir it up and you turn I it I like the shit down that's bad for you. To be oh, really? Honest. Did you say penis butter, Dan? Is that what you're making now? Yeah, penis yeah, butter? Did, exactly. Why didn't you're, you put that in one of your texts, Howard? Oh, play with yourself until there's, uh, you know, <laughs> gut butter or nut butter. Yeah, you should try some of the hobbies I have. Golf, play with yourself, <laughs> sticking your dick in, in butter, in, nut, in peanut butter. Get the dog, lick it off. 
What? I'll just keep keep sending her text. Here are some more of my hobbies. Put some peanut butter on your puss. Get the dog to lick it off. What? 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 You might as well. You went far enough. Might as well keep going. It wouldn't be much worse than what you did. (laughs) Did you ever take a rolling pin up your ass? It's one of my hobbies. <laughs> no matter what you do at this point, the apology is still like, the same. It doesn't even matter. There's some big apologies are coming. Yeah. Well, there you go. You know, he used to walk by the office here in the mornings all the time and wouldn't wave at me. Not anymore. No, no. Not <laughs> now. No. Because no, she just goes running by. by thinking, what's going on in there? What's going on in there is what she's <laughs> That's thinking. right. What is he doing? What is, uh, he doing? what is he doing? All right. Uh, well, that's enough. That's enough. Tomorrow on the show... Oh, this will be fun. Ralph Ben Murgi. Oh, great. Ralph I will love be it here. When Ralph comes yeah, on. me too. Yeah. And, you know, because he's got some spiritual, uh, uh, you know, insights. You should ask him a little bit about the whole Easter thing and see yeah. things. Yeah, well, he's because he's, he's a spiritual guy. He's a spiritual leader. Yeah. <sighs> you know, I hate I saw. Yeah. Who's that guy? Oh, I shouldn't even bring it up. Big atheist. I saw him being interviewed by Piers Morgan. There, Piers Morgan, there is a guy that's not nearly as smart as he thinks he is. Mm-hmm. But he was interviewing this atheist and trying to, you know, bring him around to the fact that there is something out there. There's something out there. What the fuck does that mean? There's something out there. Oh, okay. Prove it. Yeah. Something out there. No, exactly. Something out there. Here, right? Here's something that I, I... How do you argue with that? You can't. Oh, there's something out there. Well, what is out there? <laughs> no, what? Don't. What's out there's there? There's something out there. Well, there's something out there. There has to be something out there. Look at look at the world there. There has to be something out there. Here's what's disturbing for me is that somewhere along the way in my calendar entry, I just wrote... Uh, so at 11.30 tomorrow, all the entry says, Dan, is 11.45. That's it. Doesn't say what it is. <laughs> it just says at eleven thirty, I've got eleven forty five written down. Oh. That's Isn't fantastic. that what time you play with yourself? No, that's at eleven thirty. <laughs> that's just that's just an automated. Yes. You know what? I love you. I, yeah, because I'm the only that's right. what's that now? It's an automated apology reminder. Exactly. That's right. How are scheduled all his apologies for 1145. 11.45. Every day. I just love how you're acting like, I'm the only one. Maybe I should text her today. Have you tried porn? There's a whole bunch of it on the internet. Listen, everyone. Believe me. You can compare you and I all you want. I'm not. The last thing I would text to a woman. Oh, I know. Something about playing with myself. Seriously. Well, because you're, you know why? Because you're more. uh... No, because I'm fucking normal. Oh, I don't. That's, believe me, of all the things said today, that's not true. <laughs> Fucking normal. Yeah, why don't you keep telling yourself that? <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> we, should, we should get that sound bite because I'm fucking normal. <laughs> all right, listen. We've had a good time. We're all, t- we're all tired now. Time to go. It's time to go. Listen, enjoy the rest of your day, people. This episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Bodog, Aaron Ventures, evnet.ca, and GoDaddy. We read all of our emails, and now there's a Friday email show, Humble and Fred at humbleandfredradio.com. Please send us something. We need content. Liking and subscribing helps us out. 
And so does giving us all the hearts and stars. We really like it. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran. And remember, it's good to remember where you brought your toaster. Yeah. Bought your toaster. Yeah. And sign up now for Fred's Toaster Tips. Because he's normal. Hmm. <laughs> Completely. Enjoy every gourd damn day. Yeah. As normal as you are. Fresh flow. Pulling out chives and jamboree handouts. Two turntables and a microphone. Bottles and cans. Or just clap your hands. Or just clap your hands. Where's that? I got two turntables and a 